Hello. Oh my god. <laughs> and welcome to a special Halloween episode of Queen Bee Book Club Podcast. I'm Cher. And I'm Audrey. And we'll be your spooktacular hosts this week. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> or on this Tuesday afternoon. Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! I personally love Halloween. I hate Halloween. But that makes me sad. Well, I just, I think, okay. As a kid, I like, I've never been much of a sweet tooth person. And so Halloween wasn't that exciting for me because I wasn't that psyched about the candy. I liked the, I like the costume part. Mm -hmm. And then I think when I got to college and stuff, like it was a little bit gross. Like Halloween, I think is just one of those holidays that like people just, they're wearing masks and they do whatever they want. (laughs) And did you grow up in a really good neighborhood for trick-or-treating? Um, n- not really. I mean, okay. it was fine. Okay. I did grow up in okay. a good... <laughs> which I definitely contributed to my real love of Halloween. So, like, when I was a kid, we had a Halloween party, mm. and my mom dressed up as a witch, and my dad dressed up as a mad doctor, and we all, like, I had all my friends over, and then, like, my my dad really loves Halloween, and so there are always, like, horror movies playing, and we had a soundtrack that had, like, scores from scary movies, and, like, he has, like, a haunted house thing that he puts outside, and all this stuff, and, like, um, my best friends used to come over, and we'd play the Addams Family on our front porch. Mm. And also, like, so I grew up living next to my best friend, Mo, and her dad and our dad and, like, would take me and my brother and her trick-or-treating every year and, like, around town. And, like, our neighbor from down the street always dressed up and we got all this candy and it was great. Except for there was a house across the street that used to be painted red, white, and blue. It was really heinous. and. Uh, one year, the man who owned it decided to dress up as a werewolf and jump out at you when you rang the doorbell. Mm. So me, my brother, and Mo immediately ran down the stairs and made our dads go get our candy. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. But, yeah, and, like, pumpkin carving and all that stuff is, like, very big in our family, so. Okay, that's another thing. I'm a bad pumpkin carver. Okay. My dad has, I feel like, forced me to be good at it because my dad has, he knew, like, I'm a very, like, I don't like to take my time to do things. Same. But I tend to be a little bit messy. So, like, I would be right there with the Sharpie, like, drawing the circles of my eye- for the eyes. And my dad would be like, Audrey, did you pencil that in first? <laughs> for God's sake. Because you can't undo it once you've done that. <laughs> See, also, my dad is, like, an excellent pumpkin carver. Like, he, he would, like get the tracing paper out like he would his would always be like he'd also do it like where he only carves like a small layer in and so then you could shine the light through and stuff so I mean he he was a bit of an expert but I just I've never been patient Mm -hmm. enough to like really do a good job also like I don't like things under my fingernails okay and so anyway I just I'm not good at pumpkin carving I'm not good at dying easter eggs like I'm not good at any of that (laughs) stuff so, like, I'm not crafty. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but I will say, like, one positive memory for Halloween uh, for me was in middle school. I won the costume contest for nice. my middle school. Nice. I was um, Lucy from Charlie Brown where she had her, um, like, therapy booth. Oh, cool. Um, so I, like, carried a booth. It was a lot of work, especially <laughs> trick-or-treating at night. But I did win that. 
in front of like I had a pretty big middle school too That's so great. I um, am not ashamed to say that I trick-or-treated until I was a junior in high school. Oh, my God. Yeah, to the point where, and because my best friends and I, we would do it together still, and some of our neighbors would be like, aren't you guys a little old to be doing this? And we would get pissed, like, you know what, we could be, like, egging your house right now, but we're just innocently in costumes trick-or-treating. Or we could be underage drinking. How would you like that? Yeah, well, in high school, we used to, we would trick-or-treat for a little while. And then we'd go over to my friend Mo's house, and we would eat our candy and drink sparkling cider and watch a horror movie. That sounds delightful. Yeah, we were great kids. So, you know, you're welcome, Leroy. We didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> um, my favorite Halloween costume that I ever had. So my mom loves to tell the story. So in the morning before school like when I left the house I was dressed as Wendy from Peter Pan nice which was like a very sweet costume like I had little like bobby socks and black patent leather shoes and a nightgown and had a bow in my hair my mom's like what a delight what a sweet girl (laughs) when my mom picked me up from school I ran outside and was wearing basically like a spandex blue spandex (laughs) suit that had a hood that covered the head so basically it covered all of my body except for like a circle which was where my face was and I had told everyone that I was a raindrop and just basically would like prance around the school in that costume and my mom was horrified and was said that it left very little to the imagination. I'm like, (laughs) mom, it shows literally no skin except for my face. Like, what do you want from me? That's awesome. Yeah, so anyway, I don't know where that suit is, but um, I would love to, like, try it on again, see if it still fits. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, It's span. I mean, I'm sure it would fit if I was 100 pounds heavier, so. (laughs) I think one of my favorite costumes was the classic um, hippie. Oh, yeah. Because that was one of the first ones that it wasn't just, like, we went to Party City and I picked out something cool. Like, I was big on, like, I was Megara one year for Halloween, like, uh, like, I was... You were I, what? Megara from Hercules. That's what I was in kindergarten. Is her name Megara? I thought it was just Meg. I think, like, the full name is Megara. <laughs> oh, my God. Who <laughs> knew? Okay. <laughs> I, I like her. She's an edgy just, oh, Disney princess. Oh, she's super fun. Yeah, I like her. Um, I like her songs, too. Yeah, me, too. Yeah. Hercules is a great Disney movie, by the way, that's pretty underrated, so... Yeah. My older brother was a ninja every single year. My dad would try to get him to be something else, and he'd be like, uh, no, this guy's got nunchucks. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and then every year in Party City, we would have, like, the talk of, like, all right, Russell, like, you'll be this ninja, and you can get this sword that goes with it, but if you hit your sister with it, it's all over. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> Better not hit me with that. Um, I feel like I had a costume recently that I really loved, but I don't, I can't think of anything. I'm a big fan of, like, assembly. I was Lola Bunny last year, and I really liked that costume. I like that, too. You were Cher from Clueless one year, right? Yeah. I didn't like that costume as much because I feel like it wasn't as clear what I was. That's fair. Um, I was Liz Lemon. uh, Was that last year? Yeah. Was that last year? No, that was two years ago. What was I last year? Was last I year you were Oh, it was a flapper. Yeah. <laughs> I was Liz Lemon two years ago and I looked exactly like myself. So <laughs> I just carried cheese puffs. Perfect. So. I mean. And then everyone thought Brennan was Donald Trump, even though he was Jack Donaghy because yeah. he wore a red tie. Brennan's like, it's a power red tie. It's not, <laughs> it's not a Republican tie necessarily. Although I guess that, that Jack works, Donaghy is a Republican. Way. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm a, I'm a big Halloween fan. I like a good Halloween party. 
Um, I love the Monster Mash. I also, I like, I think because I grew up in a small town, I really like seeing, like, people decorate their houses and just seeing, like, little kids running around trick-or-treating. Usually in my building, they let you, um, you'll have a sign on your door if you're willing to accept trick-or-treaters. And my roommate and I have done that. very organized. Yeah, we've done that in the past. Like, we've accepted trick-or-treaters, but we usually only get, like, one or two, which is pretty disappointing. Me and Brendan got a few last year, but I guess we live in a like townhome complex yeah. with a lot of kids in it. Yeah, I don't think a lot of kids live in our building and I think they probably if there are kids, they probably are would rather go to like the neighborhoods around us. Like that's what I would want. So last year um Brendan and I did hand out candy to kids and like we really felt like grown-ups cuz we were like, "Oh my god, we're like Did you dress up while you did it?" No. I definitely put on my costume for the two we didn't. children that came to our door. I'm pretty sure we were like watching X-Files and being Perfect. like, "Ah, oh, another one." But um, one one kid who was like maybe a little too big to be trick or treating, I guess like a bit of an Audrey. Bit of a me. <laughs> um, he like came and took like such a big handful of candy that like Brendan didn't say anything, but he like when he closed the door was like, "Oh my god, that kid! <laughs> that kid took way more than his share." Um, my parents always buy an obscene amount of candy. And especially, like, when we used to live more on, like, the official, like, trail. Not mm. official, but, like, we lived closer, like, to, like, the thick of the town, I guess. Um, like, my dad, like, my mom would go out and buy, like, two huge bags of chocolate. And then my dad would be like, no, that's not, like, what we need. And then he would go out and buy, like, a huge amount of, like, warheads and, like, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I remember, like, before I would be ready to, like, go out and, like, do stuff on my own, like, I would, like, accept a few trick-or-treaters. My dad would yell at me if I didn't give them, like, handfuls. He'd be like, we're trying to get rid of it. Why are you being stingy? <laughs> and so people loved coming to our house because my dad would be like, yeah, like, here's the candy. He loved it. What's and my parents are, like, really bummed now because we live further down the street and we get, like, not very many trick-or-treaters at all. But they still buy, like, a pretty we similar get, amount of candy. We get none on my street. Like, we're pretty, like, far out in the in the country. My so. mom's thought about literally, like, taking a bowl and standing, like, a little bit further, like, closer to the center of town and just, like, handing out candy. Oh, my God. That's she's so like, yeah, sad. Like, you know, or she's like, I just want people to know that, like, you know, we would totally give you candy down here. Even though it's, like, closer to the end of the sidewalk. (laughs) Yeah, it's also kind of creepy. (laughs) It's like, a pretty big bush you have to walk by. Like, having adults hand out candy to children on the street is not acceptable. Probably not. That sounds like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, but both of my brothers aren't very into Halloween. Marshall, one year, my mom asked, like, what he wanted to be, who's my younger brother, uh, for Halloween. And he's like, I don't know, like, when did Audrey stop trick-or-treating? My mom's like, well... Never. She's still <laughs> 11th <going>. grade. <laughs> did you go through, like, a slut phase with your costumes at all? Um, I mean, I think, like, that raindrop... My, my mom would say yeah. that raindrop costume was slutty, but I, I, don't think, I don't think anyone was like, wow, that's sexy. I think they were just like, you look ridiculous. Yeah, I would say that there were two years... In, in when I was in eighth and ninth grade, or I guess the first year that I did it. Oh, I do have one. I did. I was a pirate one year, and I think that the costume was like a little bit shorter than I thought it was. Mm. And there was a student um, in my class who had failed a couple of times, um, who made a comment that I looked a little bit like a hooker. Oh and my god! It gosh. really ruined my day. <laughs> and then the next year, I had a devil costume, and again, like. It was shorter in the front than I thought it was going to be. And so I went as, like, a surgeon to school. 
I'm pretty sure um, my senior year I was Brett Michaels for Halloween. Who was that? Remember, he was the one. Um, oh, what band was he in? But he had that show that was like on VH1 that was like trying to find love, and he used to wear like oh, those bandanas. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Um, yeah, okay, actually, my junior year of college, I dressed up as Black Swan. Nice. Um, which was my year abroad, and a bunch of us did it, and basically it was, like, a corset and a very short tutu and booty shorts. Um, That's so pretty great. It was, that was probably my slutty's costume, but we also went pretty all out and did face paint and stuff. Ooh. So, I mean, I sort of felt like we really committed. Um... <laughs> But, yeah, so I'd say that's probably my sluttiest year. Yeah. I mean, there was a year. Um, it wasn't for Halloween. It was ho- the week of Halloween in college. So there was a year, our sophomore year of college, homecoming week and Halloween week were the same week. Mm-hmm. So, and I was in a sorority. So that Wow, meant, that's a late homecoming. Yeah. That also meant that we were partying all week. Right. And so we had a Seven Deadly Sins TG, which is uh, known as a themed gathering. And um, I went as Envy, and I'm showing Cher a picture now, but I painted my whole body green. Oh, my God. That's, like, straight-up alphabet status. I know. And a friend of mine. Wow. I And, this, and your hair you, is green. Yeah. I didn't drink it all that night. Guys, can't wait to post this on Instagram. <laughs> you didn't drink it all that night? No. I, and you were green? <laughs> yeah. And I walked down the stairs at this bar, and the guy was like... <laughs> Like, the bouncer laughed at me, and he was like, how much have you had to drink? And I was like, actually, I'm high on life. (laughs) It's like, I'm not drinking at all because it's a school night, you know? Oh, my God. And then I went, and I got in the shower. I washed it all off, and I went to bed. Did you have to scrub, or did it just come off? I mean, it was, like, it was meant for the body, so it did just come off. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't too bad. Oh, this is the year I was Wonder Woman, so not as good. But I also, on actual Halloween, I was Bellatrix Lestrange. I was that one year, too. And you can see someone um, who was artistic drew a dark mark on my arm. I did not have a dark mark. Which was exciting. Um, but, yeah, I like Halloween. It's definitely um, in my top holidays. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm more of a, I'm more of a Christmas girl myself. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess that makes me pretty mainstream. <laughs> <laughs> like, not, not very edgy. Yeah. But, um... Wait, did you have your Halloween questions? Yeah, I had or? some. I had some um, some special Halloween questions. Um, so, what are you most afraid of? <laughs> um, okay, I feel like it's compl- oh home invasion. Okay, okay, for a hundred percent for sure. <clears throat> okay, yeah, no, I could, I mine is not, not dissimilar to that. So, I don't know how many of you guys have watched Pretty Little Liars, but um, that show gave me horrific nightmares for a really long time and I think it's because the idea of having somebody constantly watching me so I guess stalkers is for me and not being able to not be watched and not being able to escape it and having Mm -hmm. even like you trying to like warn somebody about something even having that Mm -hmm. listened into somehow yeah like not in a big brother way like but more in like a specific person who wishes you ill. Yeah. In a black hoodie kind of way. <laughs> An A, if you will. <laughs> An A, yeah. So I'd say that's probably my my thing. Yeah. There's you've watched The Fall on Netflix. I could not get into it. I that show it it was very good. Um I love Jillian Anderson. Um yeah, same. But it really pushed that button for me of home invasion because it's like 
the idea that someone's like in your house and you don't know that they are and they're just yeah. like around and I also have a very active imagination so especially when I'm at my parents house I can easily convince myself that someone broke into our house so not to like play into this but so I don't know if it was my favorite murder or what it was but I listened to some murder podcast that was basically about how this guy was the kind of like a vagrant homeless person um, moved into the attic space of this guy's house but then and like would go down to his kitchen and eat his food while he was gone but then like kind of got bored with it and so what he would do is he would shadow him in his house. <gasps> no. And so he would basically, oh like, God. just follow him around his house and then, like, hide and stuff. So exactly pretty much your worst nightmare. Yes. And then eventually, oh. like, he did, I think, I think what happens in the end, which, like, I don't know, guys, don't quote me on it. But <laughs> just to not leave you this in suspense. This could just be an urban legend, too. So No, I think it's real. No, 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 I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, like, this could also just be a scary story. Yeah, I'm so just, calm just, down on your facts. Yeah, this is a scary story corner. <laughs> um, well, I think what had originally happened is, or, like, what had happened first is that people had said that they had seen, like, a face in the window, oh. basically. And, mm. like, the police had come and basically never found him because he was, like, up in that attic space that, like, you weren't really supposed to be in. And so they didn't even think to, like, look there. And That's so, like, terrifying. the police came to the house, like, two or three times because they had, like, had reports of this. And then I think eventually this guy, like, was caught by the guy who owned the house. And then I think the... um like vagrant did kill him like slash shadow person so yeah so anyway so that's a really um just to like give you some more nightmares semi-related to that um when I was in high school my grandmother had moved into like an assisted living facility but like her house was still like she still owned her house okay and so and she lived like a couple towns over from where I lived and my best friend Quentin and I we had gone to Taco Bell out there because we also had to go to like we had to go to like Target or something it's only like there's no Target or Taco Bell in our town so we went over there to do that and we were like oh okay like why don't we just go I was like let's just go to my grandma's house to eat you know so then we don't have to eat in the Taco Bell whatever which is disgusting we'd gone through the drive-thru that already had been a challenge because I didn't pull up close enough to the window and had to get out of the car to get our food also though like the seats like those like purple and teal seats in Taco Bell they're disgusting it's not a great situation so I was like let's go to my grandma's house we get there it was like really snowy that day and so like I already had a little bit of trouble getting into the driveway and then we, like, walk up to the back door of my grandma's house, and it's open. No. And I was like, oh, shit. And there was, like, a light on in, like, one of the front rooms. But no. I knew I knew that that was supposed to be on because my dad, I knew, would have left that on to, like, signal to people, oh, someone's home. Like, so people is, wouldn't break in. Right. So the door's open in the back. And so I call my dad immediately, and his first question is, like, why the hell are you at grandma's house? And I was like, um, so I can eat Taco Bell. Like, ask it, like I don't understand. So I can s- smoke pot. And yeah, like, don't ask questions. <laughs> and so um, my dad's like. Audrey doesn't smoke pot, guys. I was no, just I joking. <laughs> Don't do drugs. <laughs> Stay in school. <laughs> um, so my dad goes, oh, well, go in there. I was like, excuse me. What? So I know. He was like, go find if out if someone's in there. And do what? I was horrified. Like hit him with your burrito? Well, so he was like, he was like, this is your grandmother's house. Like she has valuables in there, Audrey. Oh like you God. need to go in there. You are more valuable <laughs> than so, some like... 
and so Lamage boxes. Yeah, I think my, my dad's just not a real alarmist. Okay. And so when he hears about stuff like this, he's like, this is going to be fine. Like, Audrey's just being dramatic as always. And so Quentin, um, he grabs, like, my grandmother had, like, an, one of those, like, old metal shovels. <laughs> he's like, yeah, should I get one of those? I was like, yeah, get that shovel. And my dad on the other line, uh, the other side is like, oh, my God, just go in there. So I make Quentin go in first with the shovel. And my dad's like, just check everything out. Like, see if, like, you know, any silver or anything is missing. So my first, so I go to turn on the light in, like, her back room, and there's no light bulb. And so literally, like, my first instinct was like, oh, my God, they stole the light bulbs. (laughs) (laughs) They've made off with light. And then I just realized, yeah, that someone had probably just taken them out. So they, like, weren't using electricity or something. But nothing seemed amiss. But still, I was convinced. I was like, well, if there was a vagrant just living here, he's probably just hanging out upstairs. Yeah. So Quentin and I ate our Taco Bell in my car outside my grandma's house. Fair enough. And then I would do the same. I would do the same. (laughs) Yeah, that's horrible. So that's my story about fearing that a home invasion had taken place. So what's your favorite kind of scary? Like, like what's, like, kind of, like, if you want to, if you were to watch a movie? I guess, like, like, a scary movie or, like, kind of experience that you're like yeah that's the kind of scary I'm into or like I like that okay scary movies that I like are like slasher movies okay like um Freddy Krueger Jason Halloween stuff like that um because I can pretty easily convince myself that that's not real Mm -hmm. and they also follow a formula that it's just like and to me it's like very 80s culture or like stranger things stuff like that doesn't scare me the walking dead doesn't scare me um, like stuff that's like monsterish that doesn't really tend to bother me very much and I like I like suspense to a point um, but the things that I don't like are like horror movies that feel like they're a little bit too real like anything that has home invasion like I never should have watched as much of the fall as I did mm-hmm. um, it has definitely permanently affected me <laughs> but um yeah, I'm not a big on like that movie The Strangers where they like broke into that house. Oh, I didn't middle. like that. Yeah, I'm yeah. not interested. What yeah. about you? Um, well, I'm pretty much the opposite. I don't like um It's not cuz it, it it's not that I it's because I'm scared of it. It's just that I just don't enjoy the supernatural that much. Mm-hmm. I just it doesn't really scare me because I don't really think that is real. Mm-hmm. And so it, I don't get, like, the kind of rush or whatever from it. But um, my favorite is serial killers. Sure. Um, yeah. Like, Zodiac is oh, a favorite. So I good. love that movie. Um, but that, I, to me, is not, like, horror. Like, to me, that's more of, like, a mystery, which I would definitely say that would be my preference. Yes. But, yeah, but so I think for me, like, I like it to be – something that could really happen mm-hmm. I guess presumably but also I like there to be a rhyme and a reason for it like mm-hmm. I do not like the senseless violence that has really no explanation or just somebody who's like evil for no reason yeah I guess whereas like with serial killers I'm like okay obviously like they were like hit in the head as a kid and had like a really mean mom mm-hmm. um which like I don't know did you watch Hunters? I loved I, it I have not finished it okay I we're finished a it of- I've been a couple episodes away from the end. Okay, last time I talked to you, you were on episode seven, and I had not started well, we watched it. Watched seven episodes <laughs> in like one sitting, and then you know we've been now that the fall shows are back. It's and well, 
the Yankees were in the playoffs, so okay, my roommate okay. was demanding we watch that a little bit, which is fair. Because Brennan and I were in New York, and we still managed to watch the entire <laughs> show. So I'm just saying don't make excuses. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I loved that show. That was, like... I really like, like it so I, I like um, ones that kind of, like, mess with your mind. I also especially like mysteries where I guess the thing right before I found out, that find out, like, that I'm right. Mm. That's my my sweet spot. Like, if you've ever watched Law & Order with me, which Brennan can attest to this, I can always get it right, and it's annoying, and I will gloat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited. Um, well, by the time this podcast is out, Stranger Things Season 2 will already I be out. I have to watch Season 1 it's still. It's really good. I don't know if you'll like it because you don't like Supernatural, but, like, the children in it, like, there's, like, a gruff cop that I think you'll like a lot. Is there a murder? But it's not like... It's a, like a child disappears, and they're trying to figure out, like, what happened. There is... The, someone does die. And they're also trying to figure out what that's about. I mean, I think I'd probably like it. Brendan says that I probably would like it. I don't know. We'll see. I'll, I, I will I will give it a shot. <laughs> but, but I guess... I mean, I really liked X-Files. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess, like, supernatural-ish. But I think also part of that is that it has David Duchovny in it, sure. who is, like, a dream. <laughs> I, I love him so much. <laughs> um, okay, I had one last question. Um, since we're reading uh, Turn of the Screw, which we have not gotten to yet, but just as kind of a segue into it, do you believe in ghosts? And if you do, do you have a ghost experience that you'd like to share? So I do not believe in ghosts. Actually. At all? No. Like not even a little? Not really. Okay, well, I strongly believe in ghosts. I had a feeling <laughs> that you did. I strongly believe in ghosts. Um, I mean, I guess... I guess it's sort of, like, spirits. I mean, I don't know, like, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Angels. Who knows? But, like, mm-hmm. I will say, like, my most recent experience... Um, so, the Wednesday before my wedding was my bachelorette party. Mm-hmm. And it was me and five girls, and we were driving out to the beach. And basically, like, we ended up getting in a pretty bad car accident. Like, this woman fell fell asleep at the wheel and basically T-boned us, like, going, like, 50 miles an hour. And we, like, spun out. Like, my side airbag went off. Like, but literally nobody was hurt. We landed in the driveway of a paramedic. <laughs> like, literally, like, we spun... 180 degrees and then landed in the driveway of a paramedic where her like hot 17 year old tattooed <laughs> son came and started directing traffic and was nice. just like you you ladies all right and we're like yeah i guess but like seriously like three days before my wedding my airbag goes off i don't have a single scratch i have like a tiny bruise on my elbow and anyway the next exit is where my grandfather is buried which I'm just saying, <laughs> like, we were very close by. And I will say, like, he was a very good-looking guy. And I think he would have wanted, like, he, he was, like, he liked to look good. And I think he would have wanted me to look good on my wedding day. So <laughs> I think he was sort of like, you know what, like, we're not going to let you have a black eye or, like, lose some teeth or anything. Because, like, <laughs> what a nightmare. But um, But anyway, so I sort of felt... Like, there was probably at least a little bit of, like, spirit intervention there. Okay. Um, and then I, I also have had kind of... Um, so, 
Um, my grandmother died like not very long ago, and I was on my honeymoon mm-hmm. when it happened, and we were on this ferry ride going um, to this like weird island that had been like demolished by a volcano, and I we were so seasick. Brendan was throwing up for. 45 minutes and I had my head between my knees and was praying (laughs) and like I felt like very physically like two hands on my back and I'm like oh that's so nice of Brendan but then I was like wait a minute how is he holding his throw up bag and I like looked at him and he like didn't have hands on me and I'm like oh my god what creep is touching me and like there was no one and so and then I found out later that day that my grandmother had died interesting so anyway I'm pretty I'm pretty strongly in the ghost camp yeah. uh, I know there are a lot of people that have stories about ghosts that you know they you know strongly believe in it and they can't explain what happened and I, I do not think that any of them are lying like I don't think that you're lying I just I just I don't know I just don't that's fine. I mean, I'm not telling you you have to, yeah. but I just, I'm very strong. In I my... also, I will say that I'm not saying it's a big, like, revelation or a big deal that I revealed this, but, like, a lot of times when people talk about ghosts, I tend to, like, just keep quiet. Like, I don't usually tell people, like, oh, I don't believe in those. Because I feel like a lot of people get really upset. They're, they'll be like, no, 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 like, ghosts are real. My grandma visits me. Okay, no, I don't feel that way. <laughs> I mean, I guess I feel a little bad for you and that you haven't had a visit, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, but I think I think also, too, it's a comforting idea for me, yeah. whereas I think also, like, maybe you don't need it. Maybe you don't need those ideas. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I've also had some dreams sometimes I where also, people have visited. I also um, am a very gullible person, and, like, I've been – I'm easily tricked – by people I think mm-hmm. and so I feel like me not believing in ghosts is almost like a defense mechanism of like I'm not falling for that no that's fair that's <laughs> fair okay so I guess we should talk about turn the screws yeah now, Speaking now of that ghosts. we're on this topic of ghosts ghosts okay so I guess the first oh well I okay so okay we're gonna read you a synopsis <laughs> so now I have Facebook open I have Shoot. I have the synopsis all ready to go too Okay, so we're gonna try. We're gonna start to try something new on the podcast for, especially for those of you who aren't reading along with us, which is fine. Like, thank you for listening anyway. That's really great. Um, but we're gonna start to try to read a short synopsis or like the back book cover, just so you have a little context of what it's about. I will say too, just to um, say a funny joke before we start, which is about the book, but not at all. Um, so my cousin Kara read the book because I told her we were going to do it for our Halloween episode and she was Mm -hmm. into reading like spooky books for the season and when she told her husband also my cousin what she was reading he was like the return of the screw is that like a sex book so anyway (laughs) it's not a sex (laughs) book so okay so I'm not going to read the whole actually maybe I'll do the Goodreads um, synopsis because I feel like that was pretty short Uh, and I don't want to read the whole like plot overview Oh, yeah, definitely not. I also will say, so I really like Henry James and really liked him in college. And basically Mm -hmm. my whole reason to go to grad school is because I wanted to study Henry James and Edith Wharton. Mm -hmm. I had really forgotten how hard he is to read. Oh, especially if you've been reading, like, modern fiction for a while and you're not, like... Yeah. Um, I would try to read it on the Metro on the way to work. Which, by the way, 
People are disgusting on the metro. Today I was sitting next to a lady who literally was clipping her nails oh into her purse. Oh my god! Literally, um, Quentin texted me that someone was doing that yesterday when he was on the subway in New York. It's effing disgusting. That's foul. Okay. Um, yeah, you can't I was gonna bring that book to work for when it was slow and no. No, that's a book you need to read in a quiet room by yourself. Well, and also it's only 100 pages, but it's 100 pages of work. Well, also there's so few paragraph oh. breaks that it's basically like just straight text. You're like, I need a break after each paragraph. I need to... Luckily, it's broken into like two-page chapters, yeah. the whole book, but yeah. yeah. Okay, so Turn of the Screw by Henry James. A very young woman's first job, governess for two weirdly beautiful, strangely distant, oddly silent children... Miles and Flora at a forlorn estate, an estate haunted by a beckoning evil, half-seen figures who glare from dark towers and dusty windows, silent, foul phantoms who day by day, night by night, come closer, ever closer. With growing horror, the helpless governess realizes the fiendish creatures want the children, seeking to corrupt their bodies, possess their minds, own their souls. But worse, much worse... The governess discovers that Miles and Flora have no terror of the lurking evil, for they want the walking dead as badly as the dead want them. Which, like, wow. okay, good reads. <laughs> wow. There was an intern that day that was like, I am going for it. <laughs> they went for it, for sure. Wowee. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> Let me look at my notes here. <laughs> so, okay. So the first thing that's weird about The Turn of the Screw is that it's a story being told. Oh, framed narrative? Yeah, it's a framed narrative. Which I will say, um, it took me, like, I had to sit quietly for about five minutes to remember what that is. Yeah, which it's kind of weird, too, because they never close that. No. <laughs> like, they just start it that way. Like, the first chapter is like that. You never hear from those people again. No, we don't. Which, But I want to say, like, favorite, least favorite. I think Douglas, who tells the story, <laughs> might be my favorite because I really respect how he tells the story. Where yeah. he, he, he figures out he has a captive audience and he's like, all right, I'm going to literally stretch this conversation over <laughs> four days. And I'm going to stand by the fire and be super dramatic. And, like, everyone's like, yeah, tell us the story now. And he's like, actually. Maybe tomorrow morning. Yeah. We're going to have to reconvene. Like, he really. And then he, like, does it so those, like, dumb ladies can't listen. Right. (laughs) They have to go home. (laughs) He really doesn't throw away his shot at being a star at all. Yeah. No, I like him, too. Yeah. Respect for Douglas. From a fellow attention seeker to another. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know that I had, like, a really, like, strong favorite, least favorite. Like, maybe Mrs. Gross was my favorite because I just felt like she was, like, I just felt bad for her. Also, you'll never, I mean, speaking of, you know, Mrs. Gross and the governess, you'll never hear me say this again. But, like, this is why that you need a man of the house. Like, they just, they just needed a man there to tell them. Like, there was just, like, two women enabling each other. Well, I think also part of the problem was, like... Mrs. So I guess, correct me if I'm wrong on this. So, but I think the governess (laughs) is supposed to be of a higher social class than Mrs. Gross. Well, Mrs. Gross can't even read or write. Right. And so the governess is basically telling Mrs. Gross all of this stuff, and Mm. Mrs. Gross can't really correct her because she's of a lower class. So I think that 
like the governess I think thinks she's being reinforced by Mrs. Gross but I think actually Mrs. Gross might just be too polite yeah well because toward the end you start to think when Mrs. Gross takes Flora away you start to and she's like I didn't see anything yeah um, she doesn't see Miss Jessel. Yeah. But then, but the governess just interprets that as she's just saying that, but she saw in her face that she did see it. Which, Which I guess that's uh, kind of the, I think that is potentially the central question that we should be asking ourselves is how reliable is the governess? Is she seeing ghosts? Does that matter? And did she kill Miles? Okay, before we get to all that. <laughs> um, so also... The very weird beginning where she, when she gets the job, Mm. when the guy says basically like, yeah, like the only stipulation I have is that you literally never contact me. Very weird. Very bizarre beginning. But like also. She's kind of in love with him though, right? I like didn't really understand like, did they have a thing? Did they not? It seems like they had a thing because Mrs. Gross kind of seemed like she understood that there were feelings there when she got there. Well, and I think the governess takes this pride in following his directions mm-hmm. so much where it's like... I think she also really wants him to come there. Right, but she does not want to be the one to ask because no. he told her not to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she wants to be like, look how well I listened. Yeah. Um, even when I saw ghosts, I said nothing. Even when Miles got kicked out of school, I didn't bother telling you about that. Which, that was weird. I also still don't really, like, I guess, like... He said he said things to people he liked. My guess is that, like, maybe he said, like, sexually inappropriate things to other little girls. Or boys. That could be. I I thought it was potentially that that he and Peter Quint had... Because Mrs. Gross kind of alludes that they had a bit of an inappropriate relationship. So I wondered if they had an inappropriate relationship and then he had gone to school and then was maybe saying some, like, explicit things to some of the boys. I could definitely see that. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely, like, kind of weird, like, homoerotic undertones with the Peter Quinn and Miles relationship. Mm -hmm. But it's also... How old is Miles supposed to be? I don't know. Like, I... like when you're always calling her dear... Which I didn't appreciate. Flora's little. Yeah. She's like maybe five or six. Yeah. Miles might be like 10 or 12. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's like kind of hard to tell because like the way that they're talked about is like the children Mm -hmm. makes them seem very young. But then because they're of a higher social class than everyone else that's there, they kind of have the authority. Right. In a strange way. But it also seems like because Miles was in boarding school, it seems like he's got to be at least... Like 10 or 12. Yeah. Like, he he's not 7. They just talk about those kids in the strangest way. No, they really do. I'll, like also, they're so beautiful and wonderful, but that's their trick. And it's all, <laughs> But it's also, I really love the idea of this grown woman kind of losing her mind and, like, seeing a child as her nemesis. Like, she really views Miles as, like, an adversary. And and sometimes it's, like, very funny that, like, that's, like, what's going on in her head. And that Miles is just kind of sitting there, like, smiling at her. <laughs> I mean, I guess, so, okay, so where do you fall on it? Like, do you think she's insane and there are no ghosts or do you think there are ghosts? I think there are no ghosts. I think there are no ghosts. Okay. But it's almost, I mean, I don't know, like, what, I just... 
what what does that end up meaning is like because she thoroughly believes in ghosts so it's almost like because the narrative is coming from her it's almost like it doesn't matter that they're not ghosts because it's like she's operating in this reality where there are and acting as though there are and so like events take place and transpire because of her belief that there are ghosts well and I think too like everything that happens like there's no evidence for it basically like like she I think the second that she hears about the idea of her predecessor dying Mm -hmm. like that's when she starts seeing ghosts yeah and or or she see like she basically makes up this person she sees and then like Mrs. Mrs. Gross Gross, plants it in her head who it could be and then all of a sudden it's like oh yeah it was definitely him yeah and they're corrupting the children they want them yep it's all and I also like the idea that she liked seeing the ghosts because it made her it validated her seeing them so it was like she she would have rather seen the ghost all the time than only see them sometimes because it was like she she didn't want to always be in anticipation of the ghost and she also wanted proof. So she was joyous when Miss Jessel appears before her and Flora and Mrs. Gross because she's like, perfect, I have proof. Well, and I think, too, she also makes up proof in things that are not at all evidence like she sees flora like not looking at the lake and she's like oh well that means she definitely knows she's there where it's like flora's just probably playing you know (laughs) like it's like huh okay that's some interesting logic um it's the logic of an insane person for sure yeah which when also written in very dense paragraphs oh my god But, I mean, this is, I mean, the two times I've read this in college was um, in classes, like, modernism classes. And this was always viewed, or, like, Henry James is always viewed as, like, pre-modernism. Like, definitely transitioning into. Yeah. And so it's almost like where understanding is not the most important thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, fuck you. It's all about form and being a little confusing because that's how life is, you know. Right. (laughs) Definitely. Um, Yeah, I mean, I also think, too, like, you can absolutely read everything from the view that she's crazy and it all of the children's behavior, like, can make sense. Yeah. Um, Like, I think that Miles sneaking out at night does not have to mean that he's looking up at a ghost in a tower. It could just mean that he's, like, sneaking out at night just because he's cooped up there and tired of it. And, like, wanted to show that he could. Right. Um, I do like that scene because in in that scene where he's kind of explaining it, I'm like, are you Tom Riddle? Like, are you Tom Riddle? Like, I can only he looks Miles, like Tom Riddle in the, my head. The actor who plays young Tom Riddle in the Harry Potter movies is 100 percent who I picture as Miles. Yeah, same. Like that pale fucking little, but kid. really good looking too. Yeah, though. and like you know, British and like I was in the library, and yeah. I just love the A idea too of too precocious. Being like, yeah, yeah, and like I just you know said some stuff to the kids just to upset them a little bit. Like, Tom Riddle lures children into caves, caves and stuff yeah. to creep them out. So For sure. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, that's All exactly how. All evidence points to Miles is a wizard <laughs> and a very dark one at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I Yeah, I just, 
I also think that I've, like, read all of these, like, theories, I'm like, back in the day, about how the fact that she sees Peter Quint for the first time mm-hmm. in a tower is, like, this phallic symbol of, Ooh. like, desire. And I think the fact that she's, like, both, like, attracted and repulsed by him. Like, there's yeah. all this, like, Freudian crap, which, like, okay. But also there, there are slight allusions to Jane Eyre. And Jane Eyre is the story of a governess who falls in love with the man of the house. And so I think perhaps the governess is also inventing crazy stories, not inv- or like she's trying to kind of build a certain level of hysteria where like the uncle would potentially have to come and then she could live out this fantasy perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that that's going to really attract him to her. But, but, like, but, I mean, <laughs> but I think you're right in that there does seem to be kind of this, like, willful manipulation of Mrs. Gross to try to, like, you write him and get him to come. And She's like, wait, you can't write. And then, but then when Miles, like, wants to write letters to the uncle, she's like, oh, these will never be delivered. They're a mere exercise. Which is like, that is, like, the first sign that a child is being oppressed is when they can't send letters to their authority figure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, also, though, like, imagine having this woman as your babysitter. Like, she's Louise. Amazing. I feel like she and Esther would have had some stuff to talk about. Probably. Although, Esther, I think, probably would have had little patience for this lady. (laughs) I don't think she's seen ghosts at all. (laughs) Yeah, I think she would probably just, like, be disdainful like she is of everyone. She'd probably kick her. (laughs) I hope so. Um, But... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I basically felt like this was, like, a, a bunch of just craziness on her part. And I do think she kills Miles, basically, in, like, a fit of craziness. crazy. And then the book is over. It's well, like and she basically stopped. is, like, stopped. But the demons were exercised because he died, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's not a horcrux. <laughs> like, jeez Louise, lady. Like, now he's dead. Yeah. He will never go back to school. <laughs> no. And guess what? Like, the master is not going to be thrilled. No. He did not do a great job. No. I think, like, if not needing to contact him was, like, on the top of the priority list, then, like, probably keeping the children alive would have been, like... A number two. Yeah, number two. <laughs> and, like, very much related to not needing him around. Like, the children must be alive. I mean, he probably basically shows up at the house and is, like... Okay, number one, Flora's off with the person who I'm not paying to babysit her. Yeah. And then Miles is dead in your arms. You, like, crushed him for whatever you did. Yeah. And you're claiming they're ghosts? Yeah, and Miles was trying to see the ghost. Like, I did not see this on your resume. (laughs) Didn't didn't think this was going to come up. I have misjudged you. (laughs) But also, like, maybe don't hire a governess and then just send her off. Like, maybe you should be there for the first couple of weeks, sir. Yeah. I mean, the whole um, last pair, or I think it's the second to last chapter, where Miles says something like, well, we're never really alone because we have the others. And I think, like, that's supposed to serve as evidence. Oh, yeah. That the ghosts are real, except that I think maybe he's just talking about the servants. I think so, too. So, I don't know. I just... She's like, oh, I, you know, I know what you're talking about. You're, you're talking about... Quentin Jessel. Yeah. <laughs> when I was reading this book on the train one day, 
a like very intense redheaded man was staring at me. I'm like, don't look at me, Peter Quint <laughs> creep. Like, <laughs> but anyway. I just don't know what to make of of that poor governess. I do know what to make. She's a crazy person. <laughs> like, I just don't, I don't think that there's any question that there are ghosts as a ghost believer myself. Yeah. Yeah, I for sure think she invents them. I mean, I, I think she might believe in them. Oh, but well, yeah, she, I hope so. Otherwise, she murdered a boy. <laughs> she still murdered a boy. Yeah, well. Yeah. Let's see, did I have anything else in my notes? <laughs> I honestly don't have any more notes. <laughs> I have, it's a risk to build expectations like this, like talking about Douglas, like telling the story over days. And I said, <laughs> but boy, Douglas is brave enough to do it. <laughs> sure is. I mean, I, I wish we could have gone back to them and then. That's the thing. It's like we don't get to know. Get, Did like, they love the story? Did they think like, wow, this lady's batshit crazy? Yeah. Um well, and it also, th- apparently, this Goodreads person believed in the ghost. Oh, <laughs> seeping evil. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, all that evil is right in her mind. Yeah. Yeah, I think she wanted something to happen to her. I mean, he's a. she seems like a bit of a Dave Berkowitz, um, who's um, son of Sam, that, uh, that sure. serial killer, yep. um, who said that a dog was yep. telling him to kill people. Which that's yeah. She's like, sure. no, I was killing the ghosts. Okay. It's exercising the demons. Okay. okay. Although, sure. I mean, exorcisms still happen these days, like not long ago. Like I listened to a, a podcast, multiple podcasts about this one girl who was killed by an exorcism um, in Italy, and it was like maybe 20 years ago. Jesus. Yeah. So, anyway, guys, I don't know. I just wonder, there is criticism that defends the governess, and I wonder... From whom? I don't know, but Wikipedia said that there was. Um... Let's see. Like defends her behavior, I, they, or I they think, think they, she's not crazy like, that she was seeing ghosts, or that we should we should accept that that was the reality. That Henry, I mean, like, I that guess Henry James. I guess Mrs. Gross ghosts. can't read, so like, who knows if she yeah. can see well, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, who knows? Poor Mrs. Gross. I feel I, like she was trying to manage the situation, and it really got away from her. Yeah. God bless. Well, because she's kind of describing the people. Like, she's like, oh, yeah, like, there was a Miss Jessel. Like, she was the one who died. and Which, how'd she die? We still don't know. Yeah. That's what I really want to know. Was she murdered? Who knows? <laughs> I just like the idea that she starts to describe Miss Jessel, and the governess is like, yes, yes, that's what the ghosts look like. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly what she did with Peter Quinn, too. She's like, yes, mm-hmm. I think he was an actor. And then Mrs. Gross was like, I mean, he was handsome. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, wow. Okay. It's a um, Edmund Wilson, apparently. Um, he sounds like a hack. <laughs> he was an early proponent of the theory questioning the governess's sanity, but he eventually recanted his opinion after considering the governess's point-by-point description of Quint. 
What? Why can't you have a fully fleshed out hallucination? Yeah, and Mrs. Gross also tells her what Quint looks like, so that just reinforces what she sees. I mean, I do think that, like, Miles is a bit of a creepy kid because of, like, probably the relationship that he had with Quint. Mm Because I don't think that Quint was, like, maybe the best guy. Yeah. But I I don't think he's still around. Yeah. Like, maybe maybe Miles had to be exercised of the demons, quote-unquote, because he basically had been turned into a bad apple by his association with this guy because he basically has no father figure thanks to this distant master who we don't know why he's so distant, but... Yeah. Yeah, I guess some critics just think that Henry James was trying to write a ghost story. Okay, well, that's not that strong. Sorry. Sorry, guys. You should give Henry James a little more credit that he did write a ghost story, but I think it was a ghost story in which we're supposed to question who was seeing the ghosts. I also think what I've heard about Henry James saying about this is he's like, um, yeah, that was just like a little thing I did. Like, I don't think he like really considers it as like a great work. Yeah. And so, I don't know. Like, I think it sort of is probably like he's like Douglas. He's like, let me just like tell a fun ghost story. <laughs> you decide. Yeah. Is that real? <laughs> HJ, love you. Well, I think, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. I feel yeah. like we talked not about a lot about the book, but... It's a short book. It's a really short book. And I, I mean, it's really... Once you talk about the long paragraphs and the, really dense, long paragraphs. the dense prose, which sometimes it's hard to know what's going on exactly in all of that. Because some of it, I was like, you know what? I feel like you could clean this up a little bit and it would be a little more clear. Well, I... And then it wouldn't I, be Henry James. Speaking so. of the, like... <laughs> I know we talked last episode about being able to miss that somebody had died. Like, oh, it yeah. would be very easy to miss. Like, half the times that we saw the ghosts, I'm like, wait, oh, wait, wait I have to go back and read this paragraph because <laughs> I up? missed it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I read the last paragraph, like, a couple times to see, like, what sure you could make I, of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Uh, Kara texted me when she finished it. She's like, I just finished Turn of the Screw, and I'm very confused. <laughs> and I was like, it's been a while since I've read it, but I'll get back to you. I read a general plot synopsis after I finished to make sure that I, like, got all the major points. And, it, I mean, it was a pretty short. It, so I was like, I mean, I got all that stuff. It's like, it's like the governess goes there. She sees a ghost. Miles can't go back to school. I was like, yeah, this is all. Yeah, I got these points. Thanks. <laughs> I'm not that dumb. <laughs> but, yeah, but it does it does make me question, like, am I a bad reader? Because I'm having a hard time getting through this. But That's what I question every time I read a book by modernists, though. Because it's just like, what on? And they're, because they're be, some of them are being deliberately confusing. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I think, I think Henry James also, like, he was a bougie, bougie guy. And oh, I sure. think he liked to write basically so, like, the Mrs. Grosses of the world could never read it. Oh, yeah. Like, he just only wanted, like, rich aristocrats to be able to even understand him. Which, like, I mean, I don't know. I, Is like, his right? <laughs> yeah, I, like, I love a good snob, so. <laughs> so fair enough, HJ. But, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't always feel like I'm up to the challenge. <laughs> well, All right. thanks for listening this week. Happy Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween. Have a safe holiday. Yeah, very also safe. very fun. Yeah, and, you know, just don't over drink yeah and keep the treats lar- <laughs> I was going to say keep the tricks on a minimum and the treats on the maximum 
oh but I God. regret that that's what I started <laughs> to say. Tricks are fine as long as they don't hurt people. Yeah. So. And the people that you're doing them on actually like tricks. Yeah, I, I do mean, not like tricks. I like tricks. So definitely prank me. Um, yeah, happy Halloween. Bye. Bye.